Welcome everyone to the Dynamo Abroad podcast, where we talk about everything and anything Dynamo Kiev related. As always, I'm your host, Alex Lishik, and today, also as usual, we got Dima. How's it going, Dima? Yeah, I'm doing well. Um, looking forward to another podcast with you guys. How are you guys doing? I'm not doing too bad. And with us, as always, also is Eric. How's it going, Eric? Doing great. Looking forward to uh, discussing some of these topics with you boys. And we have a good show and a bunch of good topics on the plan today. Now, before we get going too, uh, too much into Zamoy, we just want to touch on the Zbirna, the Ukrainian national team. Uh, the world, their World Cup qualifying group was drawn uh, today. Uh, not today, on Monday, excuse me. And they were drawn in with a group of France, Finland, Bosnia, and Kazakhstan. Now, we're not going to delve too much into this group uh, right now, but it's definitely a interesting group for Ukraine. Obviously, France is a good, tough opponent, and the Finns, the Bosnians, and the Kazakhs will always be tricky games. So, uh, interesting group there. Now, moving on to the transfers, and we're going to start with a signing we're looking to bring in, and I'm going to go to Dima to get his opinion on this one. Uh, Dima, ex-Dynamo defender Alexander Dragovic, who is currently at Bayer Leverkusen, is rumored to come back to Dynamo. Dima, is this a signing that do you think is worth it, or do you think Dragovic is a little bit past and maybe someone we shouldn't look into? It, to, to put it simply, um, what I'm going to say is mate, we, should, we need to make this happen. Um, you could say that, you know, he's not the youngest of players, um, but at the same time, he's only really, he's only 29. So that's a good, that's really a good age for a defender. Um, he's playing at a good level uh, by Leverkusen. He's not, I don't think he's had the best of times there. Um, I, I certainly expected better, but, you know, at the same time, he's still playing in one of the world's best leagues in the Bundesliga. So obviously, I, I think that he's probably, He's potentially an even better player than he um, than when he left us. Um, I think that he could really help out the younger defenders in Zirota, Popov, Zabarny. Um, you know, both mentally um, in terms of their attitude, um, but also in terms of um, in ter- also he could help them with things that maybe they're not currently so good at. Like I remember, uh, of course, Dragovic. Uh, he was great at playing out from the back. He was good at he was, he had a great long pass, um, and that's something that I I don't really think maybe Sirota is an exclu- uh, is is different, but I don't think that for example Popov and Zabarne are too good at that. But yeah, look, um, his his contract expires I think in June of twenty twenty one, and yeah, June, the source. Yeah. Okay, so the source said that. Um, now, obviously, I don't know how trustworthy uh, this is, but, you know, they, they've been right about quite a lot of things. Um, so Dynamo Kievenside says that since his um, contract expires in 2021 in the summer, they're going to start, uh, the club will start negotiations um, this winter. So, yeah, really, I'm all for it. And also one thing um, I should say is it's, it also says that he's, he's, he'd like to come back Um Right now, I think he's getting consistent playing time, so we'll have to see how it goes. But yeah, look, uh, I've said this uh, before. Uh, we, we it's a transfer. I think you know it's an absolute must. You know, I think he, uh, I think honestly, he'd be probably the best defender in the league, and we'd get we'd be able to get him 
either for free at the end of the season, if, you know, assuming this does happen or for a pretty good price. But yeah, make it happen. I wouldn't even be shocked if Leverkusen just maybe will offload him in uh, in January just to get some kind of cash instead of just letting him walk for free. Uh, he's played six games so far for Leverkusen this season. As they said, second in the Bundesliga up point off of Bayern. And he's also uh, contributed with the goal as well. Now, Eric, on to the next transfer that's been linked. Uh, it's fairly well known that Dinamo's strikers have not been the most prolific this year in Supriaha and Verbic. Um, so the next player Dinamo have been linked to is Olympic Donetsk strikers, uh, striker, the Iranian Shahab Zahedi. Apologies if I did not pronounce that correctly. Um, is this someone, uh, that Dinamo could be, do you think this is someone Dinamo could be, uh, should be looking to bring in? Kind of tough to say. I mean, if I'm being totally honest off the top of my head, I'm going to pass on this one, not on the question, but on bringing him in. Um, I mean, I, I haven't watched him play, so I can't give um, an analysis really outside of statistics, which I know doesn't really give the whole story. But just to go uh, again from a statistical standpoint, so so far this season, he has eight goals and two assists in 11 uh, Premier League appearances, which is very impressive. He's had a very hot start to this season. Um, however, upon looking and, you know, maybe you could say this is nitpicking, but looking at where those goals have come in those and the opponents that those have come against, they've come against mostly bottom uh, or second lower half of the uh, lower half of the league table teams. Um, Alexandria is a little bit higher, but teams like Nipra, Din, uh, Inholetz, Ruch, Minai, um, you know, against teams like Dinama, uh, Shakhtar, Vorskla, or Desna, he did not score and didn't really have any notable contributions in that um, in, the, in any of those matches. Um, I also took a look at his uh, prior season, and actually last season in the Ukrainian Premier League, he had more yellow cards than he had goals. Um, so he had seven yellow cards versus six goals in 23 appearances. Um, so again, I'm not someone that believes that you should only look at statistics when analyzing a player. I'll gladly concede that, but, um, I feel pretty safe saying that I think that he's just off to a really hot start this season and I think it's great for him. That's awesome. But, you know, if he finishes the season and he's still in this form, then I'd say, okay, look, maybe let's take a little, uh, let's take a little deeper look at it. But at this point, I just don't think that he's shown enough. Um, and I, I, I wouldn't feel safe making the signing. I, I don't think he'd really be of, of value at this point or, you know, anything that would be like a, um, a change of direction for what you just talked about with the, the issues with our strikers. I think if Besiedin wasn't coming back in January, I think I'd be a little bit more inclined to take a, a gamble on it because especially Rusin is still hurt. But I mean, with Besiedin coming back, I think I'd, I would rather give him a chance because at least he, he has proven he can score goals in the Premier League. I mean, maybe he's not everyone's ideal striker, but he does get goals. And we already know he works with our system, so. Exactly, yep. Yeah, sorry, guys. Uh, I wanted to say... Um, so actually, Surkis has actually commented on these two players um, and the, the rumours. And what he said was, I think something along the lines of right now, there have been no talks. And 
the thing to take into account there is he didn't deny, you know, he didn't deny being interested in them. And he didn't deny um, a possibility that we will hold negotiations in the future. Um, but yeah, uh, about Shahab, uh, just quickly, I just think that it's a transfer that it looks good on paper since, you know, he's currently the top scorer, but I can just... I can just, I just have an image in my head. We sign him and then he just completely, he's one of those strikers that he comes to Dinamo and he completely stops scoring. Um, just contributes nothing. So um, I'm not, I'm not too keen on that. But uh, yeah, like Eric said, if, if he keeps his form up, um, we could, we could maybe take a look at him um, in the future. I mean, it wouldn't be the worst, maybe six months alone if we really needed him. But I, one to look out for. We'll put it that way. We'll put it. We'll put it that way. It's one to look out for. Uh, now, going back to you, Dima. There have been some rumors circulating that Dennis Popov maybe uh, maybe loaned out. Uh, what do you, what is uh, is there any truth to that? Have, what have you heard about that? Uh, so basically, it's the same. It's the same source um, reporting that the club is considering this. Um, then it's the same source that's uh, reported that we're interested in Dragovic. Um, in essence, what they're saying is he's always been sort of, you know, a gem of the academy. There's, there's, there's always been, you know, high expectations for him. And they're saying that, you know, while he's good enough, you know, well, he's, he's, he's good full stop in the Premier League, he just seems to always make this, the exact same mistakes at the higher level in the Champions League. You know, all the penalties, all the neat, you know, reckless and unnecessary fouls. Um, so they're saying, you know, maybe it's time that we start giving, you know, Burda's coming back soon. So maybe it's time that we start giving um, other players a chance. They even mentioned Shab Shabanov here. So, you know, I'm not quite sure what they're thinking there. But... You, you you just never know because he really I mean he shut a lot of people up um, last game of course when he scored against Ferenc Baros of course we'll get into that later but uh, I mean I I wouldn't be too keen on him um, going on loan I guess it would be to try and sort um, his his head out a little bit you know his attitude uh, bring him down to earth a little bit um, but yeah, I mean, it's a pretty interesting rumor, you know, given the fact that he's, you know, he's featured quite a lot this season. But we'll have to see how it goes. I doubt it will happen, though. I mean, one thing is with that, though, about maybe um, kind of getting everything right with his head and maybe like uh, with his attitude, maybe maybe the winter break is coming at a perfect time for that. And then we'll also get into this later that... Uh, Dinabo have released where they're going for their winter break. They're going to be in the United Arab Emirates. So maybe that time kind of away from Ukraine, maybe a little bit away from the media and just with the team, with Luchesco, maybe Luchesco could work with him a little more because Dinabo didn't really go away this year like they usually would to either Turkey, to Spain, to Austria. Uh, so maybe we could, uh, maybe that uh, some time away for the winter break and then the, uh, then the uh, trip to the UAE would be good for him. Uh, now, Eric, our last bit of news I'm going to mention real qu we're going to talk about real quick is uh, Mr. Krasnikov is rumored to come back to Dynamo. Now, we'll give you a quick background. If you're not sure who Mr. Uh, Yevgen Krasnikov is, he used to be, I believe, sporting director of Dynamo Kiev, uh, brought in a few players, 
reports are Surkis didn't listen to him too much. Uh, but that's either here or there. But where Krasnikov really made his fame was at Metalis Kharkiv, where he, I think it's very fair to say, he made Metalis Kharkiv one of the top teams in, you could argue, the top team uh, in Ukraine after Shakhtar, um, bringing in players like Marko Devich, uh, Clayton Xavier. Uh, if you want to know who all these players are, type in Metalist into YouTube and you're going to see some really, really good uh, teams playing around 10 years ago in the Premier League. So, uh, Eric, uh, is Krasnikov someone that Dynamo should look to employ again? This is tough. Um, and I mean, for, for those of you football manager uh, fans out there, you should all know the legend that is Eugene Krasnikov. Um, I'm pretty sure he's like shortlisted on all of the like the top uh, sporting director or technical director. I forget which one specifically, but um, but yeah, he's a football manager legend. But back to reality. So, um, yeah, I mean, Alex mentioned it. Um, he had he did very well for himself um, at Metalist. I think that that goes without saying. I mean, he had a proven track record there. I mean, personally, I think he knows what he's doing. Um, the problem is that kind of like Alex also just said, and, and I've heard similar stories, um, he's got some good ideas, but Surkis never really listened to him. Um, so uh, he is someone that I... I would love to have at the club. The issue that I have is if he comes back, are we just going to get the same story again where he's pretty much chained to the wall and doesn't have the freedom to do what he wants to. And, you know, either he leaves again after a certain amount of time, or he's not able to make the impact uh, that he wants to make. Um, so, I mean, that being said, it's interesting that now that there's talks of him coming back, because I'm kind of wondering if, maybe uh, Surkis has now said, you know, I'll give you free reign. I'll, I'll give you some more freedoms in terms of, um, you know, players that you want to bring in signings and things like that. So um, it seems like a good thing to start off for right now. Yes. He is someone that I would like to have back. I'm just praying that Surkis gives him a little bit more freedom because otherwise it just, it's not going to make any sense. Just to uh, give some statistics. He started at Metalis Kharkiv in 2004-05 season, which was their first season back after being relegated, where they finished 11th. Then in 2005-06, a year later, they finished 5th. And then from 2006 to 2014, the lowest he finished under Metalis, with Metalis was 3rd. So they had about 7 bronze medals, and they finished runners-up once in the 2012-13 season. Now, on to the fixtures that Dinamo had recently. We'll start with the Premier League fixture against FK Mariupol. Dinamo won 2-1 at the Lobanovsky. Uh, we'll go through the starting lineup real quick. Goalkeeper was Neshchevet. Back four of Keldzora, Popov, Mikulenko, Karavayev. Defensive midfielders were Shaparenko and Andreevsky. Garmash was in front of them. On the wings were Depena and Tsigankov. And up top was Supriyaha. Now, Eric, um, we'll start with you. What? was the first half like for Dinamo? Uh, first half was pretty solid, uh, barring one incident that I'll get into here in a second. Um, you know, Haramash had a nice goal, um, really good pass, good vision from Sehenkov. Um, Haramash rounded the keeper um, and ended up slotting at home. So it, it was a good finish. It was nice to see him score. Um, so to start off, 
despite playing a really high back line. Um, Popov and Mikolenka played uh, as the center back pairing. I thought they did a nice job with marking Sitan tightly and denying him space to run into. Um, I mean, this is a match where we had talked about this previously, and I know Dima had mentioned this a lot about, um, you know, this is a team that can be dangerous on the counterattack with uh, long balls. Um, they have strikers and attackers that like to run into space. So we really needed to do what we could to deny them that space. Um, so again, I mean, not necessarily that we had to play a low back line, but at least, you know, mark that, uh, that striker tightly to prevent outlet passes as well as, you know, space for a counterattack. Um, I mean, I would say for the majority of the first half, we pretty much controlled it literally within their third, um, ton of possession, um, Haramash had a pretty good chance after a uh, uh, after an attacking sequence and a, uh, a Mariupol player actually slipped and, and we gained possession, but he put the shot off target. Um, Shaparenko, for me, was excellent engine of the midfield. I mean, he was very confident coming a little bit deeper to get the ball, bringing it out and, and just kind of gliding forward um, to link into the attack. Um, and, and, and really after that, we have the red card, which real quickly, I just want to break down because I've seen a lot of stuff talking about, you know, Nesteret did this, Nesteret should have done this or that. And look, I'm not arguing that maybe he could have reacted a little bit quicker, um, maybe could have done this or that differently. But for those who watch the match or are interested in seeing this, I would highly recommend um, that you go online and they have it in the highlights and watch how this unfolded because it what really there really wasn't a whole lot Nesteret could do. Um, so when we play in our typical 4-2-3-1 domestically, we commit a lot of players forward and attack. We already have our striker, our number 10, and our two wingers that are attack-minded. We also deploy attacking wingbacks that like to get forward, join an attack, play crosses into the box. So when we play like this, and let's say the opponent then regains possession, even if it's a shot that the keeper saved, we have a lot of people that are forward. And we can be a little susceptible to, again, long balls, counterattacks, things like that. So the key is center backs obviously need to stay back, but you also need that uh, – the, the second piece of the uh, double pivot. So in this match, I believe it was Andrievsky, who not that he needs to sit back where the center backs are, but he needs to be a lot more conservative and hold his position rather than marauding forward because then we're going to be caught out. So what happened on this goal was a long ball was played. I, I don't know who the, I forget who the Mariupol player was, but basically played it out to a Mariupol player. Andrievsky was pretty much right next to him. The guy was running away from our goal towards his own goal to receive the pass. For whatever reason, Mikolenka decided to man mark him and followed him all the way into not quite uh, Mariupol's third, but pretty far into their half. So now at this point, going back to what I said about our, our players in attack, the only people that are back at this point that is truly back is... Popov, because Mikolenka came forward, and we also have Andrievsky next to this player. So this Mariupol player plays a pass out to Mariupol's winger. The only person in his line of vision is Popov, and Popov is, has got, is looking at him, okay? Behind Popov, again, our left back, Karavayev, is forward, and he's kind of jogging alongside Sikan. Probably should have made a beeline to get back, but whatever. I, I can't really blame him for this, but... 
he's jogging alongside Sikan. And I got to give Sikan credit. It was a great recognition for him and a great run. As soon as he made the decision to make his run, all he needed to do was create that little bit of space between him and uh, Karavayev. And he didn't even need a good pass. He just needed a ball lofted out in front of him to run into. And that's exactly what happened. Flicked it on over Popov's head, space for him to run into. Neshtarek comes out, and it's a red card. So, again, there was literally no need for Mikolenka to come so far forward to mark this guy. Because, first of all, he's not going to do anything there. There's no one else that's behind him or that's going towards our goal that's a threat. But Andreevsky was right there, too. And I guarantee you that when Sikan is... Sikan wouldn't have even made that run seeing that Mikolenka was back. And even if he did, we would have been covered. So I apologize if that was kind of long-winded, but the important thing here is that I I would implore everyone to go back and watch this because this is not Nesteret's fault. It was a tactical breakdown and honestly a little bit of a boneheaded mistake on Mikolenka coming out of position that created a huge, huge open space at our back and gave Sikan, again, just a ton of space to run into. And then there was nothing we could do at that point. So Neshchenet gets sent off not too uh, long before halftime. And Dima, did the red card play a big, uh, did it have a big impact on the second half? You know, I was expecting definitely a pretty um, nervous half, uh, second half by Dinamo. Um, you know, of course, to, to get a man sent off right before halftime, it's uh, really not ideal. But we came out for the second half and, you know, in the first half, I think the defenders were were getting really carried, well, the central defenders more like, were getting really, really carried away with um, with getting bombing forward. Um, Mikolinka was doing it, he's a natural left-back, but even Popov was doing it. Um, so that that stopped in the second half. Um, everyone, um, everyone stayed back in their natural positions, and you know, I don't think you know from the very from the very first minutes. It seemed that Mariupol they started to play with, I think, more aggression because they picked up a, a lot of bookings like in very quick succession, and you know they weren't. They would, as I think, they were trying to up the tempo a little bit, but I think that Luchesco in at halftime, I think he must have warned the players, and I think he they must have knew, um, they must have known what's at stake, um, in the second half, um, and the significance because they never let them their heads drop, um, they never, you know, they never gave the opponent any space, and they were still attacking, um, and I think. In in the second half, I think we tested the keeper a few. We we tested the keeper a few times. Um, Mariupol, on the other hand, I mean, they really weren't creating much at all. Um, most of most of the battle, I'd say, was in the midfield. Um, then I think it was seventy seven minutes in. We find the net to make it two nil, and um, yeah, that was you know that that took a a lot of um, pressure off us, you know, that was probably, you know, the game as good as one for us so late on, um, you know, and I've got to give credit to Shaparenka in particular, um, you know, he never, he really never stopped working um, in the second half and it, 
I think he was absolutely crucial to us um, getting the, that second goal. Uh, then I, th I think in the 94th, yeah, 94th minute, um, Mariupol get a consolation goal. Um, the game was pretty much as good as, yeah, the game was as good as done, but it was pretty, it was pretty frustrating to concede. Um, first of all, I've got to say that we, it was, so, I was so relieved um, when we scored that second goal because I, I had a feeling something like that would happen. Um, but yeah, it was pretty poor marking, um, a lot of ball watching from the, from the defence um, for their goal. Um, no one, no one ran back to the uh, to defend the goal. Uh, but I think it, in the end, you know, it didn't. It was it was really nothing more than a consolation. It was a, it was a bit annoying, but didn't really didn't really count for much. Um, you know, about the second half, I think personally, I think we could have had more goals. And I also think that Mariupol, you could even say that they were they. I think they 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 did manage to put some pressure on us in literally the last five minutes or so, and then then they scored. But I don't really think that they had any big big chances that they missed to actually have won the game. But yeah, so technically second half ended one one. But yeah, we got the job done. On a day where Dynamo gets three points and they stay top of the Ukrainian Premier League heading into the last fixture of the calendar year, uh, onto the player ratings. We will start with the goalkeeper, Neshteret. Eric, uh, what's your rating for Neshteret? Correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think besides the red card, he really had too much to do. Um, I, don't, I don't recall Mariupol honestly having a shot. Before yeah, I, I don't either. Mark, yeah, you even the clean sheet. If you think about it, that's true. That, that <laughs> that's true. Thing, yeah. Um, I mean, he didn't really have a whole lot to do, and and like I said, could he maybe have handled that red card? Could could he maybe have reacted a little sooner? Maybe done a little bit better with the one on one. Yeah, but again, it's really not his fault. So. You know, he was put in that position and, you know, it was really unfair to him. And, and like I said, uh, I mean, I'd probably give him a maybe a six and a half. And Dima, what's your rating for Kelnzora? Uh, yeah, sorry, just just to say I agree with that rating um, with about Nasheret. Um at the end of the day, he's a goalkeeper. He saves goals and he saved us from a goal. But yeah, Kelnzora, I think... I think he defended what he had to defend over the, the course of the match. I mean, it wasn't really, you know, you have to take into account they have some pretty fast players, but it wasn't like, you know, he was getting ripped apart. Um, he was getting forward quite a bit, um, contributed offensively. I think, I think I'll give him a, yeah, it was a good performance. I'll give him a seven. On to Popov, and I think, Popov, kind of like Kenzora, is one of those where I don't think a lot of players really did anything wrong. So I would say Popov maybe go for another seven. I mean, it was definitely an above-average performance. Um, you know, even the red card maybe could have done something, but I don't know. So I, I think a seven is what I would probably go. Uh, on to Mikolenko, the other center back. Uh, Eric, you're rating for Mikolenko? Probably go with a six. 
Um, <clears throat> I mean, he's not a he's not a center back. He's being wasted there. Um, and he, I think he still has that wing back mentality sometimes, um, like Dima mentioned, you know, him and Popov sometimes are making these forward runs when, you know, even when they were making them, there's absolutely no need to do it. Um, but, um, you know, that goal, like I said, I do put on him for coming out of position. He was the pretty much the, the broken link that led to that red card. Um, but I mean, as the game went on, I think that he was a little bit more solid defensively, um, so yeah, I, I'd give him a six. Uh, who's next? Oh yeah, forgot. Uh, Dinamo's best left back, Karavayev. Uh, Dima, what did you think of Dinamo's left back? Ah, Karavayev. So, you know, I don't think in the first half before the sending off, when the when the rest of the team was getting forward a lot, I don't think he was that. You, know, I don't think he was that active. You couldn't see him a lot. But over the course of the match, he didn't make any glaring mistakes. There was no more, you know failing to stop the ball with his left foot that's something I didn't see um I think he I think you know what I think he he defended well um you know when he actually had to because once again it wasn't like they were throwing a lot at him but I think in the second half he kind of he kind of did help out a, a lot more offensively um made a few good inter- challenges and interceptions um, in defence near the end. So, yeah, um, I don't want to see him at left-back in, in the long term, and preferably I don't want to see him at left-back again, full stop. Not that, not saying he had a bad match, but um, for this particular match, uh, yeah, I'll have, yeah, seven. Uh, on to the midfielders, we'll start with Andrievsky. I think Andrievsky probably a standard performance kind of like what I was able to pop didn't really do too much wrong but also wasn't really standing out doing really too much offensively so probably go with the standard maybe six or seven uh Eric Shaparenko how did Shaparenko do for you Eric I think you're still on mute by the way Yes, I was. Thank you. Um, so I'd, I'm between a seven and a seven and a half for him. I'll probably lean more towards a seven and a half just because I thought he looked really good in the midfield with, again, kind of coming deep, forming that link between um, the double pivot and attack. I mean, he looked very comfortable going forward, good with the ball at his feet, um, contributed to towards some of our attacks. Um, you know, I thought he looked very solid, so I'd probably give him a seven and a half. And on to the next midfielder, which was uh, Harmash. Uh, Dima, what's your rating for Harmash? First of all, I'm, I'm pretty shocked you've gone. Um, I think that's actually quite low for Shaparenka, but on, on, on to Garmash. Um, so it literally the third, of, yeah, let's say the third or fourth minute, um, he passed the ball. He, he hit a long ball out to Supriaga um, and had Supriaga reached um, that, um, ball, he would have been one on one with the goalkeeper. So um, that was that was good play by Garmash. But of course, the, the the main talking point is him actually scoring the first goal. Um, uh, good finish, rounded the keeper, um, fell over, managed to fell over, fall over in the end, which gave me a good laugh. But um, it was a good performance. I I didn't think 
I, I was surprised to see him start, to be honest. But yeah, he did well. And of course, he was a player to be taken off um, after Nishiret's red card. Um, Luchesco, after the match, uh, he said that he said something along the lines of he's the player that I, I don't know, but it was something hinting at he's the player that understands the, the philosophy, the, the not, not like the the tactic, the least. And he's the player that, you know, doesn't really fit the the um the the game that he wants that Luchesco wants to play. So that was that was interesting. But so good thing he's starting every game. You know, we're playing, we're starting guys who don't really get what they're supposed to do, but that's okay. Oh yeah. Brilliant logic by the manager. But I think he was pretty unlucky to I think he was unlucky to get subbed off because in the end at the end of the day he he scored the goal. But um he was on for what four, 40 minutes or something like that? 42 minutes. 42 minutes. So he didn't even play a full half, but good performance, six and a half. Uh, on to Depe- no, Tsehankov. Uh, Eric, how do you rate Tsehankov? All right, making sure I'm not on mute. Um, actually, just for a second, just to go back to um, Mikolinka, just so I don't have to be cyberbullied by Dima, I'll raise it up to an eight or an eight and a half. Um, I, uh, I know I'm overly critical, so sorry about that, Dima. Um, no, I'm just kidding. But uh, in terms of Tsankov, um, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think back to this one. Um, I mean, the first goal was a uh, a really nice pass from Tsankov. Um, again, slotting it into uh, slotting it into Haramash, which gave us uh, an early lead. Which I mean, I really think that we needed in this match. Um, I believe that he. Let me take a look here. I think he played the full match, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he played all 90 minutes. That's what I thought. Okay. And then he did score the um, he did score the second goal as well. Again, it was a nice ball over the top from Kizura to Depena, who played it back across goal. And then it was a, a pretty easy finish for um, Tsehankov. Um, so, I mean, overall, I, I thought that he was – solid this match um rating wise i'd probably give him a eight dima is that fair hey you're joking no no it's eight eight unfair to me <laughs> uh so a goal for the captain and three points for the team now on to the next player was the penna uh dima how do you rate the penna's game uh, yeah, good performance by him. Uh, never stopped working. Tested the keeper a few times. I uh, think he... yeah. Uh, was it him that set up one of the goals? Um, I think he might have set up... Yeah, the second, yeah, the second one he set up. Um, yeah, set up a goal. Tested the keeper a few times. Worked hard all over the pitch. Um, you know, complete performance. Um, yeah, he, was, he came off pretty late into the game, but uh, you know, guess that was probably m- maybe his stamina, but um, I'll give De Pena, uh seven and a half good performance. Now, on to the lone striker was Supriyaha on the day. Uh, he played 81 minutes, so even when he does start, that's usually probably a good 20, 10 minutes longer than he usually does. I don't, Supriyaha is a tricky one because he's not scored since 
what, September against FK Lviv. So he really, really needs a goal. Uh, maybe, again, kind of like Popo, we were saying earlier, maybe the winter break comes at a good time. But it, it's one of those performances that I think on the stat sheet, no one will really look at this game. But I thought he he held up the ball nicely, got the ball, tried to move it along quickly, earned some fouls. And you know what? Sometimes as a young striker, sometimes you need a game where you're not really maybe getting chances, but at least you're having some kind of effect on the team. So I think with him, it's kind of like what I was saying with like Popov and Andreevsky. He didn't really do anything bad, didn't really do anything to stand out. So I think I would go with a seven for Supriyaha. I don't know if, I don't know if you guys have anything to add real quick on Supriyaha before we move to the uh, to the subs or... I was just going to say, I saw some people criticize him for that performance, saying that he was invisible. I was shocked because I thought that he was really, when the team was under pressure, you know, he was he was cracking back, earning important fouls to um, give possession back. So, so I thought that was a good performance by him, to be honest. But not everyone was pleased with that, apparently. Yeah, I was pretty pleased as well. I think that that's spot on. I thought that this was one of his better... Uh, um, one of his better performances as it relates to teamwork. I mean, if you're not scoring goals, that's been the problem with him is that he's just taking chances for himself and trying to force too much and not really helping his teammates out. But I mean, again, I get it from a statistical standpoint, like you said, Alex, it may not look good, but if you watch the match, I mean, I totally agree. It was a good team contribution from him and track back held up play. Well, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm good with that. I think seven is pretty accurate. Uh, now on to Bushchan. Uh Eric, how do you rate uh the substitute goalie's appearance? Sorry, I muted went muted myself and I got unmute again. Um he so I mean conceded in the what was it the 90th minute, although it was pretty poor marking from our defenders that, that led to that goal, I believe, like towards the back post. So I don't know how much he really could have done with that. That wasn't too much on him. Um, but I mean, besides that, I'm trying to think of saves um, that he made. I mean, I know in the second half, um, you know, they were a little bit more attack minded, but I mean, I'd maybe give him, like I said, did concede, but I mean, he really didn't do too much wrong um, if anything. So I guess I'd probably give him maybe a six and a half. Uh, now the other three substitutes all came on after the 85th, 81st, 80th minute. Uh, Shapelyev and Verbich came on the 81st, and Gerson came on the 89th. I don't know if they did enough, especially Gerson was barely on the team. I don't know if they did enough to actually warrant a rating. Um, so we'll move on to the manager. Uh, Dima, what's your rating for Luchescu on uh, the game against Mariupol? Um, yeah, I think he it wasn't really the lineup I wanted to see, but yeah, I think. We we went into the game with an attacking, first of all, an attacking mindset. Um, we were pressing them a lot, um, on even on their own um, half of the pitch. Uh, we got a quick goal, a few quick chances. Um, then, of course, the red card, you know, you can't put that on him because it wasn't, you know, he didn't instruct Nishida to get, some, get sent off, did he? But, um, you know, second half, I thought we defended well as a team. I can only imagine that um, that he, you know his words at halftime in in the dressing room would have helped with that. But you know, even even with ten men, we were still attacking. We managed to score. But um, good good performance. I I all things considered, I've I've got to give him probably um, an 
yeah, I'm giving everyone sevens today, but yeah, seven's fair. Eric, is it the same rating for you for Luchesco the seven as well? Yep, I agree with what Dima said. So we move on from the three points against Mariupol on to, according to Luchesco, was our final uh, as we go on to the game against Ferenc Varos. Uh, Dinamo won 1-0 in a, we'll call it an interesting performance all around uh, from Dinamo. And we'll start with the starting 11. Goalkeeper was Bushjan. Back four was Kionzora, Popov, Zabarni, Mikolenko. In the midfield, we had Sidorchuk, Tsehankov, and Harmash. And the front three were Verbich, Depena, and Tsehankov. Now, uh, Dima, we'll go to you first. Um, Dinamo got the three points, but was it a result? Was it a convincing win by Dinamo on the day? Well, the short answer to that is no, it wasn't a, a, a convincing win. It was pretty effective in the end, um, I've got to say, because at the end of the day, uh, you know, we were in the Europa League and we won the match. But the first half was, I'm going to say it was pretty terrible. I know I know you two both agree, um, but it was in, in the first half, so I'll just go through it. From the very first minute, we, we were really passive really conservative um especially in attack i remember we just we 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 win the ball from this isn't a specific mo- um, moment in the game because it happened like 20 times in the first half alone probably but we win the ball off Fidens Baros and we pass it back pass around the defense a bit um pass it into the midfield we lose the ball and we start um, getting pressure on on our um, on our goal. Now, lucky for us, they didn't really in the first half. They did they even have a shot? No, no, no they did have a shot. Yeah, it's, they it's, did. Our, it's my bad. It's us that didn't have a shot. Yeah. Um, um, but you know, in the first half, all they really managed was a few shots. I'm pretty sure they were from distance, and I don't think they got a shot on target. Well, there uh, was that one where Sidor Chuk, I think, lost the ball in the midfield, and they kind of slid. I think the striker was Tokmak, maybe. He had a no. really good opportunity, like from maybe just inside the area, but I think he, I think he hit that one wide. Yeah, I, I was probably, I was probably busy being angry at how how things were going to notice, but you know, it was just. It was there was that moment that which was in the first half, and now I'm hearing a lot of Fidensvaros fans say that the ball hit Sidorchuk's hand in the box for a penalty. And to be honest with you, looking back at it, it could well have been, but you know I'll get onto the I'll get onto them in the second half later. But yeah, really poor first half. Uh, we did get a single shot on uh, on target, and even Shaparenka, I think it was after the match, said that you know. He 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 himself and the players themselves were far from pleased with um with what the team managed in um in that half in that first half. In the second half, you know, I I expected personally what I expected was was substitutions. And when 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 we didn't when we came out for the second half with the exact same eleven players, I was like, oh no, how how have how have all these players how have all of these players um managed to keep their place on the pitch but I don't know I think it was really slightly better um but it still was you know we were still clearly trying to play for 
a draw, let's face it. We were playing for a draw. Um, I think in, you know, right at the start, we did start, you know, we did start, we eventually, you know, it took us 45 minutes, but it took us um, quite some time to figure out that, you know, the best, the best idea would probably be to actually start pressing. But to be honest with you, even, even that didn't, um, didn't last too long. And in, I think they had a, I think they had a, a chance to, to score. I think, was it Zubkov that was played through on goal and he just, he just, his shot straight at Bushan. Was that him? I think, yeah, I, I think it was, yeah, that was Zubkov. Was it? I thought it was Zubkov who played in Tokmak. Well, it was what it was no, either yes, it was either Tokmak. That, that was it, yeah. Okay, well, whoever it was, they missed. Um, lucky for us. Um, <laughs> but that was probably their their big big chance in the game. And then in the 60th, well, let's go 59th minute. Their defender has pretty much stopped the ball, moved his hand to stop the ball um, uh, from reaching our player on the wing. We win a free kick and De Pena plays it into the box um, and he meets Kinjora and Popov. Yeah, I think, yeah, he, Kinjora flicks it on to Popov who finds the back of the net uh, 60th minute. So that was finally the opening. Um really 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 important goal um and uh, i'd like to say thank you to igor haratin ex-dynamo player because um he he was the player that um i think was marking popov and popov was the one that scored so thanks for that uh he, igor. Was, but, he was um yeah once a dynamo player always a dynamo player but you know after that i think zuni it was he had a pretty good, um, literally, like thirty seconds or so after after kickoff um, from when we scored. Uzuni um, has a really good shot from outside the box, and Bushan managed to save that uh, good save. But once again, uh, careless from from the midfield, not not doing anything to close the player down. Um, after that, I think. Do you know what? After that, I think we had a few moments when that there were calls to actually get Fidens Varos players um, red carded. I, I I really don't remember their their, their names. Um, I'm Isai, sorry to Isail was a big that that challenge on Is, uh, from Isail. I believe it was on Verbić. Was that was was that number eighty eight? Yeah. yeah, it was. It yeah, was. yeah. I, I think he literally studs up Ryan Suez for I I don't know how he didn't get sent off, but. Um, you know, they they didn't get the penalty we didn't get they and then we didn't get a red card um or rather they didn't get the red card which would go in our favor but yeah i think laiduni as well he had a he had a, he made a few pretty poor challenges uh, considering that he was already on a yellow but that could have gone wrong but um after that i think we pretty, we pretty now i think after we scored the goal, the the way we were initially playing, you know, trying to keep it, trying to keep it safe, you know, that that made more sense to me, you know, to try and try and protect a one goal lead. I mean, that would make more sense. But um, one one thing that I've got to point out, it took it took, you know, how how long was it? Um, 
it took us 70 minutes to make a, a substitution, I think it was, um, which, you know, I, I was shocked by that because some players were really struggling. Um, but I've got to point out uh, Bogdan Lenin's performance. I think um, he really um, brought some creativity on the pitch. But yeah, overall, you know, just to wrap up, you know, my review of it, I think it was, a it, it, we didn't play, I'm going to say we, we didn't play the way um, I, I was hoping we would. Um, we were really conservative. Um, we were, you know, passing backwards a lot when we could have simply um, tried to attack. But, you know, at the end of the day, the three points are ours. We're the Europa League. Um, that's, you know, from the very first, from the, from the very second we officially qualified from, um, for, for the Champions League, um, I knew that, you know, what we're going to try and aim for, regardless of our group, um, will be Europa League. And we did manage to get there in the end. Um, took took us long enough. Uh, we made, you know, we made a pretty, we made a mess of this game. Well, not a mess, but we made um, hard work of this game. But yeah, in the end, 1-0, um, three points, and we're in the Europa League. Now, Eric, I want to ask you a quick question, because Dima brought up Lenya's performance, right? Now, he only played around maybe, what, eight, nine minutes coming on in the 85th minute. But he showed some qualities that we don't really see in any Dynamo midfielder. Like, for example, maybe Bujalski, who always plays at the 10, at the 10 position. He could also fill in at maybe a box-to-box midfielder. But Lenyev is really one of a kind in this team, being able to get the ball, combine, be a little bit clever, be a little bit tricky, um, good on set pieces as well. So you see someone like him who really you could see bring something different. I think bring something that would really help Sehankov's game and Supriyaha's game, try to be clever, combined with those players. And you see players like Haramash starting in front of him. So my question is to you, what does Lenyev actually have to do to get a start for once? <laughs> yeah, your, your guess is as good as mine. I have no idea besides maybe find some way to blackmail Luchescu. I have absolutely no idea. Um, you know, going back to this match, I don't know if maybe it's because um, Luchescu doesn't trust Lidnev, um, and maybe, you know, he even though he said that he doesn't really fit, fit the tactic or understand the tactic, like you said, logically, that doesn't make sense as to why he's playing. But Dinamo does a lot of things that defies logic. But, um, you know, maybe he's just an older, experienced player that he would rather have in, in, in the lineup for a very – and this was a very important match. But I really thought that we could have used some creativity in the midfield. Um <clears throat> Just because we're going to go with a very defensive setup in a low block doesn't mean that we shouldn't have a creative, uh, maybe more attack-minded midfielder in the mix, um, you know, especially one that's good from set pieces where we get, you know, we get fouled a lot by Fed and Shavato, so he's someone good to have standing over the ball. Um but, I mean, I, Dima pretty much hit everything right on the nose. There's really not a whole lot for me to add to it. You know, the only other things that I will say are um, I don't think that this was something that we needed to sit back and play with a low block and play so conservatively. I think that we could have had a similar approach to the match against uh, Mariupol. Uh, I, I would say that Fed and Tavaros have more quality in their squad. However, uh, pretty similar in terms of a playing style with – or at least in this match, I felt that it would have been similar in terms of um, 
you know, looking for space for their uh, pacey uh, striker as well as attackers. But I don't think you have to play a low block to be able to, or to have to deal with that. I thought that we, I think that our squad has more quality in it at the end of the day. And I think that we could have pressed them and we could have forced them into mistakes and just still, you know, kept a defensive mid back and our two center backs and just make sure that we didn't lose sight of their attackers. Um, but again, three points is three points. We got the result and that's it. Um, you know, I thought that we needed to keep things narrow in attack and play short passes because every time that we did that, we played a couple one touch passes, they immediately backed off and, and their press was over. And I mean, they pressed us pretty aggressively during this match, but the minute that we did, the, again, we kept things uh, narrow and attack a couple one touch passes, they immediately backed off because they don't have limitless energy. Um, and then uh, really the only other thing, yeah, going back to Lietniev, we really needed some creativity. I was also very disappointed that no changes were made at halftime. I mean, no changes were made until what, when did the first sub come on? I'm trying to remember. Um, yes. Yeah, 70th, 70th minute. And I know that we got a goal in the 60th minute, which thank God we did, but um yeah, but we got the goal in the 60th, and we almost conceded 30 seconds later, though. So exactly. Exactly. And and like I said, Luchesco's the manager. He got the result. That's all that matters. I just don't think that we had to play this so conservatively, and we had to be so defensive, not only with our tactics, but with our team selection as well. I mean, it just felt like it was so rigid. And he has a thing that we've seen over previous seasons with the novel managers where it's I already know at what minute I'm going to make subs. I already know at what minute or how, what the tactic is going to be. I already know what the player roles are going to be. And it's just going to stay that way. And I'm going to pray that we win. There's no adapting. There's no, you know, situational critical thinking or anything like that, which is for me is really disappointing. Um, again, though, got the three points. That's all that matters. So on a day where Dinamo get three points, and I think it's fair to say it was not maybe the most vintage performance. Um, unless you guys have anything else to add, we'll move on to the player ratings. So I was uh, just going to say, um, going back to um, what Eric said about them being, um, them pressing us a lot. The thing I've really, the thing I just wanted to say about that is they were pressing us a lot because we were literally we were literally letting them press us a lot um, by just passing the ball around in defense so much. But uh, yeah, pretty, pretty, conf I, I was surprised by that game plan, but yeah, that's what I've got to say. Definitely kind of aided. We definitely helped Ferencaros in the way they wanted to play, I think, at times, um, especially in that first half and at times in that second half. Uh, so on to the player ratings. We'll start with Bushan. Eric, uh, what's your rating for Bouchon's game? I would say I'd probably give him seven and a half. I thought he played well, made good saves when he was called into action, um, which wasn't a ton, but still when we needed him, he stepped up, kept a clean sheet, seven and a half for me. And Dima, for your rating for Kelnzora? Um, Well, the most important thing at the end of the day is he got the assist. But in this in the first half, there were just so many moments. Um, him in particular um, receives the ball. There's a good. There's a player making a run. Uh, there's a good. There's a good chance to actually get um, 
get the ball forward and he just passes back and we go on to get press off the ball. But, um, you know, that that didn't make too much of a difference in the end, but it was frustrating. But uh, for rating him, I, I'll give him a... I'll give him a six because it wasn't a terrible performance from him, but I th- I think it was more about the I think the way he played was more down to the the tactics than himself. But yeah, six for me. Now on to Popov. I think Popov in a way was the same, maybe around a six and a half, seven. But I'll give him a a plus one, so we'll go an eight because of that important goal that gets us into the Europa League. Uh, the other centre back, Zabarni. Eric, uh, how do you rate Zabarni? I mean, I would argue that Zabarni and Popov were probably our two of our most solid players for this match. Um, I would I would agree with you giving a little bit more to Popov um, because of the goal. I mean, Zabarni, I'd probably give a seven-ish uh, to. I thought that overall he was solid. He dealt with um, the pace of Ferencvaros' attack well. Um, again, didn't really have any major mistakes. Um, and then I thought him and... Uh, Popov together played played well, so I, I'll give him a seven. And on to the left back, uh, Mikolenko. Dima, what's your rating for Mikolenko? Um, you know, initially in the first half, I don't. Was did you guys actually notice him with the ball or not? No, I, I. Yeah, I. I, I was expecting he wasn't really a lot visible. I kept trying to find Karavayev on the pitch, and then I realized that we actually played Mikolenko at left back. Oh, I wonder how that would have gone with Karavaya left back, but I think he he wasn't making any mistakes, um, in, especially in the first half. I mean, he really hardly touched the ball. Um, I was expecting, I was really hoping to see him, you know, running forward with with the ball a lot. Um, I don't think he had. I, I don't think he was like you know everything in, um, you know, all the situations defensively wise um, he dealt with. Um, in the second half, I think he did start going forward. I, I saw him cross the ball a few times. A few of them were decent, but no one got the, on the end of them. But, uh, I mean, he didn't stand out to me, um, but he didn't make any mistakes. And I'll I'll just give him, yeah, I'll go, same as Genjora, but I'll, I'll just give him a six. Onto the captain Sidorchuk, I think it's I think it's more of the same. Really, it's one of those where I think the majority of players didn't really stand out offensively, but weren't making a ton of mistakes defensively. So probably just the standard six, I think, for Sidorchuk as well. Uh, Shaparenko, uh, Eric, how do you rate Shaparenko's game? I'd say probably the same, right around a six. I mean, contributed to the win. Great, didn't really do much wrong but at the same time I didn't really see the same quality from him that and again this could come down to the tactical setup as well um which is you know another argument but you know I didn't really see the same um you know confidence on the ball from him bringing it from deep and um you know contributing to forward attacks and things like that so um, I'll give him a six as well on to Harmash uh Dima you're ready for Harmash Wow. Well, first of all, I've got to say, I'm really surprised he managed to stay on the pitch for more than 45 minutes. In the first half, he literally every every other time he touched the ball, he seemed to lose it with his with his touch. 
Um, and I was even going to add that he did not get booked, but I forgot he did. He did get booked. I forgot about that part. He didn't. No, he he managed to not get booked, which no, he him, did. He did. I, I thought he did. Oh, it, sorry, but no, sorry, I misheard you. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, so the the classic got much. Yeah, it would have been but, a win-win right there. Over forty-two minutes and no booking, but he had to get that yellow. Well, you've got to keep in mind it's Garmash after all, but uh, you know, I think he wasn't as bad in the in the second half, but he wasn't really. You know what we lacked was a player that would would drive forward and uh, you know spray passes. Uh, you know, go, go, um, try and break, or even, you know, just try and bring the ball out of the fence. And yeah, Garmash, Garmash did not help any of those three. Um, but I mean, I think he did try, but not literally nothing was working, but so I'll give him a five. Uh, a five for Garmash on Tetsuhankov. Again, I think I think Tahankov's kind of like the rest of the team here. Just no mistakes defensively, nothing really good for you. He did have a decent shot from around the penalty spot in the, like between the top of the box that went, I believe, straight to the keeper. Probably a six for Tahankov. Not not uh, the best game from him. Onto the left wing, which was uh, Depena, Eric Depena. I'd say probably a six and a half. Um, worked really hard. I mean, he's. Uh, a great team player. He's someone that I think a lot of us really respect a lot um, and, and really appreciate having in the squad. I mean, you could see after that goal what it meant to him. Um, I mean, he even interacted with, I know, Dima and I think someone else on Twitter when they um, mentioned about like how much it means to like him and comment. how much... My comment. Yeah, yeah. And like how much um, we enjoy having him on the squad. And I totally agree. I mean, he's he's just a fantastic team player and he's someone that that works his butt off for the club um you know i know that technically he didn't get the assist on the goal but it it was it was his free kick wasn't it yeah, yeah that was him that the ball yeah, yeah. That, that's what i thought and then yeah kenziora flicked it on and then popov scored so i mean it was still a, a well taken free kick from him um but um but yeah i'll give him a six and a half and on to Verbich. Dima, how do you rate Verbich's game? Um, well, first of all, he was really hardly getting the ball, um, especially in the first half. But he, he worked. I think he did work quite hard. He earned a few fouls. Um, I think he could keep going back to that, but he could have. Um, uh, um, think there could have been a potential red card on him, but. He did, did. Did he even have a? Sh- did, do you guys remember? Did he have a shot in this game? I don't. I don't think. I think it was just the classic Dynamo strikers' performance where they don't really have an yeah. effect on the game, and whenever they make a run, the ball never comes to the run that they're yeah, making. Yeah, once again, no yeah. shot uh, from Vieravich. But I, I, you can't really put that on him, can you? Um, yeah, he 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 worked quite hard and won fouls did everything but score or assist or shoot for that matter but I'll give I can't give him more than a six and on to the next player was Shepelyev uh I mean came on in the 70th minute well we didn't 
lose the game. We didn't draw the game. So I don't think not really going to be able to go more than maybe the standard six. You know, didn't really do much. And Supriaha for Eric. Eric, what is your rating for Supriaha? Probably six as well. Um, I mean, it came on again in the 70th minute. Um, pretty much had 20 minutes to do something. And yeah, I mean, it, he was just kind of. At that point, Dinamo were just holding on, really. Not, yeah. not really trying to get chances. He he contributed to, to helping us seal up to or to, to see out the win. Um, I can't really say much more than that, so I'll give him a six. Now, Dima, the manager, how do you rate Luchescu? Uh, it's difficult. The way we set out, um, I I wanted us to you know really go for it from the very first minutes. And of course, we did not get that. But at the end of the day, like like I've already said, we won. We got three points, and we're in the Europa League. Um, so the manager got the job done. But you know, we just we were just way too conservative in this game. I mean, with no, you know, no disrespect intended, but I don't think Fit and Spiros is really a team that I'd like us to see. You know at home playing for a draw. I'll I it was I guess it worked in the end, so I'll give him a seven. Eric, you're rating for Luchescu? Um yeah, I'm kind of caught between a six and a seven just because at the end of the day he did get us the result. I mean I think that we were fortunate, but I will admit at the same time I thought that our low block um and defensive setup was pretty effective. I mean, we didn't give them a whole lot of chances. Um, so I'm going to give him a six and a half. I'll give him, I'll give him, I'll give him a little bit of a bump just because we won the game, but I'll go six. But I think a lot of the reason it didn't, it did work that low block. So I think just fed inside us were so wasteful of chances. I think, Forget even in the Champions League. If you're playing like that against Shakhtar, for example, domestically, you're gonna you're gonna concede a few goals. You're you're not gonna get as lucky. You know, even against a team like Warska or Desna or Alexandria, they on a better day you could be conceding two or three. So I'll, I'll give Luchescu a six. Got the win. We're on to the Europa League. And make sure if you're listening uh, today on a Thursday, make sure you keep an eye out on those Europa League fixtures. Uh, you'll see who tops the group because the Namas in the second half of the um, champions, the eight Champions League teams that dropped down. So they'll be facing one of the group winners. Uh, definitely some teams who could be some favorable fixtures, definitely some potentially less favorable fixtures. So we will see. Now, on to this Saturday. This Saturday, Dinamo are taking on Kolos Kovalivka in the Ukrainian Premier League. It is the last game before the winter break. Now, a little bit of background on Kolos. If you've never heard of Kovalivka, you'll be forgiven because I don't think many people forget around the world. I don't think many people outside of uh, inside of Ukraine have heard of Kovalivka before Kolos came on the scene. Kolos Kovalivka ha- were founded in 2012. They play at the Kolos Stadium in Kovalivka, which is a village of around 2,000 people. Uh, this is their second year in the Premier League where they finished a very respectable sixth place last year and actually got into the Europa League via the playoff last year where they knocked out Aris of Thessaloniki, but were knocked out by Rijeka in extra time in the end. Uh, this is definitely, I think, 
one of for actually probably the Cinderella story of Ukrainian football of all time. Uh, I, I think that's very fair to say. Um, they play at a beautiful stadium in Kovalivka. Uh, this game is a, the Navajo game, so it's going to be played at the Lobodovsky in Kiev. Um, so we will start with Dima. Dima, is this a game kind of continuing the same trend of the Navajo domestic games where you just got to dictate the game, put the game on your own terms? Well, first thing I want to say is despite us winning that last game, I don't want, the, the, the main thing is I don't want us to play like that, like we did against um, Fidel Svaros. Um, yeah, I want us to go for it. Um, you know, one thing you've got to keep in mind is, you know, last time round, was was it the last game of the season? Of, it was, yep. Well, yeah, we all, well, we actually we managed to lose them 2-0. Yeah, and I want us to, you know, get them back for that but yeah look I want us to go for it from the very first um, minute I want us to press them high I want us to maybe test their keep from distance um, and just to just to bring something up I in defense you know this is something specific just about every goal they, they score seems to be a penalty so we we have we can we cannot be given away penalties because chances are if 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 they're gonna score in this game, um you know chances our chances are it 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 would be for a penalty but you know that's that's something we've got to be careful on, um but yeah I just want us to you know at the at the end of the day I don't think that they're the you know they've not really stood out to me much this season so i don't think that it's going to be the most um you know get the, i'm not going to be too nervous for this game but i do i i do think that they can they're a team that can spring um a surprise out of nowhere um that's that's for sure but yeah i want us i just i just want us to go for it um i want us to not be afraid to attack um you know quite the opposite i want us to be attacking from the very first minutes Eric, this is clearly not a bad sign. I mean, people joke that they're from the village, which let's be honest, they are from a village of 1,700 people. But this is definitely one of the more tricky sides of the Premier League nowadays. They're not going to just be really sitting in, playing, trying to hack you to pieces. They're, they're going to try to play a little. I mean, they, this team has some Euro European experience, and they have some good players. They have a couple of Dynamo Lonis, like Yevhen um, Smirny, Yevhen uh, Isayenko, uh, Vladislav Kucheru, Pavel Orhovsky, who the latter Orhovsky is a uh, rumored to be moving there on a full on a permanent deal. Um, and of course, Ukrainian legend uh, Yevhen Selznyov is also on this team. So, surely, of all teams in the Premier League, this is one game you should be taking especially seriously. Yeah, and I mean, I think even with all of that, it's a game that I would want us to win to send us off properly into the winter break, top of the league three more points into the Europa League. I mean, again, perfect way to end the first half of the season. Um, I agree with everything that Dima just said. And I actually took a look at some of their most recent matches, watched um, uh, matches against Alexandria, which was a 1-1 draw, and then 1-1 uh, draw against Disna, and then the 3-0 loss to Vorskla. Um, they really haven't had much um, 
they haven't really had uh, like a firm tactical setup that they've stuck with. It's varied a lot. Most recently, it's been a 4-4-1-1. I was going to bring up the point as well about penalties. I mean, in their last two matches, each goal came from a penalty. Um, I mean, obviously not a match that we need to be taking lightly. That goes without saying. But I, I don't really think that there are... Outside of Shakhtar, I don't really think that there are teams in the in the Ukrainian Premier League that are capable of beating us in open play. And what I mean by that is um, outside of maybe like just counterattacking with long balls and us being cut out of position. But when it comes to like a possession based game, I, I don't think that there are any teams that can truly break us down apart from Shakhtar. Um, so I think that like Dima said, you know, set pieces, penalties, just stay on your feet, stay on your feet. There is no need to go to ground. You know, when I was watching the match against um, Alexandria, I believe it was, I mean, Alexandria probably should have won that match. Um, A bunch of their chances just came from pressing high, forcing defenders into mistakes, and then, um, you know, capitalizing into, you know, either shots on or, or off target, but either way, they generated a lot of chances from that high press. Um, I just think that, you know, I mean, I saw Seleznyov also goes down very easily. So just keep your hands off of him. Um, but I mean, this is really a game that we should win. No disrespect to Kolos, but I I mean, don't sit back. There's no need to press them high, force them into mistakes. I mean, I don't mean to sound like a broken record, but this is really the tactic against a lot of Premier League sides that we need to be deploying um, I just think that we have a, a fantastic work rate, good stamina. Um, a lot of our players have uh, really good teamwork and play well together. And again, we can just force this team into mistakes and capitalize them. The, the biggest thing for me is just do not foul. Do not give them set pieces. Keep your hands off. I mean, there's really even not going to be a huge reason to go to ground. Just keep them in front of you. Um, but like I said, it, it's a match that we should be winning. It's a match that we that we need to play our style. We need to press high um, relentlessly for the whole match. And, and, and I don't think we'll have any trouble coming away with it. Now on to the, our preferred starting lineups. Now, just so I can remind you who is absent for this game, uh, Burda, Kostevich, Timchik, Bujalski, and Rusin are all injured while... Uh, Neshcheret and Besedin are suspended. So we'll start with the goalkeeper. Uh, with no Neshcheret, who I would actually probably pick to start this game if he wasn't suspended, uh, Bushan. I, I start Bushan. And guys, uh, Bushan for you, or would you rather see Boyko start? Um, yeah, for me, uh, for me a firm Bushan. Um, no questions asked. I, I just wanted to point out um, Duelund also can't play this game. Oh, yes, that's right. I believe because of fitness concerns. I yeah, he, he apparently he was feeling issue. the effects of um, COVID after, even after he recovered. So the, so he won't, he won't feature this uh, in this game for sure, unfortunately. But um, he is rumored to go to Olympic Donetsk in the winter on loan. Though I did, I did read that today. On the, uh, I just saw that's kind of breaking news. I just oh, saw wow. a couple of minutes ago. Olympic Donetsk. So, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, no comment. Wouldn't actually wouldn't be against seeing him go to maybe like a Vorskla or an Alexandria, but not, not, or a Desna no, that, even. That, I'm not. I would not be a fan of that move. I'd like to 
I do think that alone would be good for him. I know, sorry, sorry, this is a bit off topic, but I would um, like to see him loaned out because he's just not getting a sniff um, at all. He didn't under um, Hatskevich, he didn't under yeah. uh, Mikhailichenka, and he's not now. So, yeah, I think he's probably got to... It depends really on what he shows us in um, the preseason. Hopefully he'll get his chance then, but, yeah, that's a whole different... Um, subject uh eric is it bushjan for you as well you got it yep bushjan uh back four i go keonzora at right back popov serota in the middle and nikolenko at left back the only reason i play serota is because i think he is a good defender but i don't think he plays enough i think especially when zabarni and popov play 90 minutes midweek in the champions league i think we i think serota should be playing more domestically that's why i put him over zabarni or if you want to play serota and zabarni together i'm also not against that um dima your uh, what would be your back four um that's a good point about serota um you know i wouldn't be totally against him starting this um this game and i think uh, i i think he definitely needs a chance but uh, that once that's another player who you know he'll he'll have to uh perform in the preseason uh or um you know during the winter break in the, in those friendlies to um you know work his way up back to the starting lineup but for me my back four would be Kinjora at right back Popov and Zabarni at centre back Zabarni, he's back from um, his suspension, isn't he? He is, yeah. He was only suspended one game after his red against Borders Club. That's good. That's good to have him back. Um, so at left back, I would like Karavat. No, 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 no. I would like to have Nikolinka at left back. Uh, scaring me there for a second, Dima. Um, Eric, you're back four. Is it not possible to do four Karavayevs? Uh, I have no comment. I don't know. Incoming clean sheet is all I have to say. Um, (laughs) But um, no, I'm going to go with the same with Dima. Um, I think that Sirota definitely needs to get more minutes. I'd like to see him blend a little bit more. I think that he's, I'd say, probably a better uh, ball-playing defender than the other two, which I like. I think he's got good good ball distribution. Um, however, I think that for this match, I mean, I want our strongest squad. I want a firm win and I want to close out the first half of the season as I know that we should. So yeah, I'm going to stick with Kenziora, Popov, uh, Zabarni, and uh, Mikolenko. On to the midfield now. I'm assuming we're going to play the usual one to the defensive midfielder. We have another box-to-box midfielder and an attacking midfielder. So defensive midfield, I go Sedorchuk. Uh, box to box, I go Shaparenko. And big surprise, attacking midfield, I, I go for Lindev, who I've been, as our listeners will know, I've been really pushing for for the past couple of weeks. Uh, Dima, your midfield three for the game against Kolos. So in terms of the more, the more def- defensive-minded uh, midfielder, um, Sedorchuk for me. Um, I don't really do I have to say much more than that. Uh, the most solid um midfield defensive midfielder we have um by a long by a long way. But the more box to box midfielder, Shaparenka. He wasn't I I don't think he was great against um 
uh, Fidan Savaros, not certainly not as good as he usually is, but um, yeah, I do want to see him play this match. Um, the attacking midfielder, you know, I want to see, I think I want to see Garmash. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. I want to see Lednev. I think it is enough. It is about time we see him. Um, it was about time we see him play. Um, we haven't. When was the last time we saw him start? Was it against Lviv when he got substituted I, at half time? It was. Yeah, it was that FK Lviv game. I think it was in September. Oh, yeah, that, that would have been it. Two yeah. or three it was really but, early. Yeah, I think. Look. Um, I think it's about time that we give because was Bujalski fit? Obviously, I'd say Bujalski, but we we just don't have, you know, the the squad depth to be able to, you know, say, you know, for sure, if Bujalski isn't fit, this is where I'd go. But for this match, I want to see Lidnia attack in midfield. And Eric, uh, is it the same, same attacking three? Uh, midfield three, excuse me? Yeah, you got it. Um, especially Lidnev. I think that when he has gotten chances, he's impressed. Um, you know, good from set pieces, looked good in attacks. Um, probably should have a few goals. Um, but again, you know, in that Vorskla match, it was good awareness from the Vorskla defender to run back and head it off the line. And then I think there was another one that was a really nice save, like in the 90th minute by the keeper um, or the defender. Um, blocked it or something. I can't remember, but I remember he had a really good chance at the end of the match too. So yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't say that he doesn't deserve it. I am in the same boat. I want him out there. I, I want to see him get the majority of the match and see what he can do. Another point I want to make real quick about Lenyev is that if he was good enough to play for Zoria against teams like Kolos, Mariupol, He's more than good enough to get into this Dinamo team, especially after the season he had last year. Uh, onto the front three, uh, I think nailed on right wing is Tsehankov. I, I think I think we're all going to be pretty uh, on the same wavelength with that one. On left wing, this is an interesting one. Um, I think I would go Gerson, actually, because uh, depend on Verbich have played, or at least depend on played 90 minutes midweek. I think just to bring on to use uh, Gerson's pace, just to uh, maybe unlock that Colas defense, and through the middle, I think I'd go Supriaha again. Maybe could got gain some kind of momentum from his performances against Ferencváros, uh, although and Mariupol, although he maybe didn't score goals, at least looked better. At least on the eye, he looked a little better. So I'd go Tsankov on the right, Gerson on the left, and Supriaha through the middle. Uh, Dima, you're starting front three. Uh, well, first of all, um, yeah, Tsigankov on the right wing, um, that, that's for sure. But the other two, it's kind of difficult because I can see an argument for both De Pena and Rodriguez because De Pena, of course, he last last game, he uh, worked hard, um, but didn't, didn't I don't think he enjoyed the best of games. But Rodriguez, you know, he came on and brought some energy Um you know that we that we really lacked before, but I just I'm just not convinced that Rodriguez is what we need for this for this match. You know, pay you know his pace and strength. You know, I I I usually want to see him play against you know the more the stronger teams, um, and he could try and you know uh, bully their defense a little bit with his pace and his physical and phys- physical presence. But ah, uh, 
you know, it's it's this is really difficult because you know I think that a lot of a lot of this game will be us crossing into the box and you know, the Rodriguez, yeah, no, that that guy is he he's not he's not his passing is not great, but uh, you know if I if I had to choose one, I yeah I think I'll go for Tipena. Um, always does well in the league against these teams, but up front once again, I want to you know I really want to say Supriaga, but last. Last game against Ferenc Varos, he came on and he really did nothing but lose the ball a couple of times. Um, wasn't a great performance by him, but you know he played well against Mariupol at the same time. But you know this could be his final chance to to start, um, well to score um, this year. So yeah, do you know what Supraga as the striker, depending on the left wing, is going to go right wing for me. And Eric, your front three for the game against Kolov. Yeah, again, same. I think Kolov goes without saying. Um, the Pena also, I think that, you know, again, good team contribution. Um, you know, another thing, too, that Dima mentioned earlier was getting some shots on this keeper. And he doesn't look like he's the most comfortable when it comes to parrying shots as well as punching the ball clear. And for that reason, I'd like to have someone more of a free kick specialist. Um on, on the wing, because I think that that will cause some trouble for them from set pieces. Um, Supriyaha as well. Um, Dima just touched upon this a little bit, but my mindset is like, look, this is your final chance. I mean, maybe not final chance, but before going into the winter break, this is going to be your final chance to show me that you deserve to be in the squad and that you can contribute to the team, hopefully even get a goal. And if he you know, plays like garbage this match, then, you know, I'm hoping during the winter break, Luchescu can get his head on straight, um, you know, whatever he needs to do. But I would kind of view this as, okay, this is your last opportunity that I'm going to give you um, before the winter break and before we need to potentially look at um, other courses of action. But um, the other problem with that that I have is, is, Going back to what I said about, you know, tactics with Dynamo managers is, again, there's no situational critical thinking. It's just here's the plan. Here's what it's going to be. So if Supriyaha goes out there and he's garbage, I can already see him being garbage for 85 minutes before. And then we make a sub at that point instead of subbing him off at halftime or even in the 60th minute, which for me is a concern. Um, but and the reason he may have even played like garbage may have nothing to do with him. It just could be the way the team sets up, what kind of how Fed and Slaughter, some of the players were not great, but maybe that's more because of the setup rather than their actual, you know, their actual performance. That's fair. Yeah, that's totally fair. Um, but yeah, I would start him up top and I would kind of give him a, another shot before we reevaluate him, I guess, during the winter break. Yeah, I, I think... Sorry, we're... Say, um, yeah. sorry for interrupting, but I remember w- which game was it that Gerson started as a striker and he played a really, really well, I wouldn't say it was that bad, but he played a quite, quite a poor game and got subbed off at half time. Do you guys remember what game that was? That might have been the F Calaviv game because I remember Luchesco, I think, made like four out of the five subs at halftime. I think he took off like Titashvili, I think, started that game as well. I think that's where he took off like Lenyev, Titashvili, Gerson. I think Andrievsky might have been the other one. That came off of it. That's the only one that sticks in my mind where he oh, really made changes early. Yeah, but um, yeah, that's just something that I wanted to say. I 
no, I think it was, was it Alexandria? It was Alexandria, wasn't it? That he, yeah, that's right. It was, it was Alexandria. I remember now. Yeah, remember it, was, it was Alexandria. Cause I think against Lviv, it was uh, Supriyaha that started up top. Yeah, he did not. Yeah, Supriyaha did manage to score in that game. <laughs> was that the last time he scored? I don't know, but yeah, sorry. Yeah. I just went yeah. off top of there. And one thing I just want to say with Supriyaha, I think Eric, I agree with you in the sense it's his last chance to kind of prove that he's the main striker at Dinamo. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, not that he's going to be sold in January or alone, but to kind of have a good performance, if he does have a good performance, kind of go into the January camp, say, okay, he just on the back of this good game against Colos, hopefully, he's still he's kind of the one who's at the top of the pecking order. Because especially with Besiedin coming back, like we mentioned earlier, Besiedin can get goals. I don't think anyone, you know, maybe he's not the ideal striker in terms of movement or for whatever reason so you know may not be uh the ideal choice for some but he does get goals and i think uh if Supriyaha can have a good performance i think he can kind of at least going into the winter break say he, he got a few goals maybe he is still in a way the lead striker but we'll see i think so the novel kiev will take on kolos kovalivka this saturday at 10 o'clock eastern standard time or uh, and then local time in Kiev, that is 5 o'clock or 1,700 hours. And in England, 3 o'clock or 1,500 hours. They take on Kolos at the Lomonovsky Stadium. Uh, the game will be available. It should be available since it's a Dynamo home game on the Dynamo YouTube uh, channel, uh, the Dynamo's YouTube channel um, for a live stream. Now, before we get into some viewer questions, uh, Dima, real quick, how did the uh, youth teams perform this past weekend? Yeah, so there's only one game to cover, but I, I feel like it's a pretty, pretty interesting game. Um, so this game was the Mariupol um, Dynamo under 21 game. Um, I think it was technically an away game for Dynamo, but it was actually ho- it was actually held in Kiev at Dynamo's usual training ground. So am I, yeah, am I wrong in saying that? Because um, no, Mariupol, Mariupol are Stadium, all the Mariupol that, teams um, are are playing at uh, technically like although it's home they're playing away because the uh the fields in Mariupol are being receded I believe they're putting down new turf at the fields down there yeah that was it that was it that's right but the the first most interesting thing about this game was that in the starting lineup there was Nesheret um there was Clayton there was Tatayshvili there was Belutsa and there was Shabanov who uh well Shabanov is obviously not under 21, but I, I guess that was um, just to get his uh, fitness up. But uh, there was uh, Vukojevic, Mikhailichenko, and I think there were even a few other uh, senior staff um, members that were um, present just to, you know, watch how they do. And so in the seventh minute, it was a, it was, it was a quick, um, quick goal by us. Um, seventh minute. Tateishvili whips in a corner and Vanat finds the back of the net, uh, gets his head to it. Um, you know, it's been a really pr- prolific campaign for Vanat, um, which is great to see, but that was 1 0. Um, 18th minute, Vanat once again. So I think it was Anton Bol who, who he made a long pass out from the back. Um, good, good, good pass that. Um, Vanat got on the end of it and he laid it off to Clayton, who he drove forward with the ball a bit, and then he found the back of the net. Um, he took a shot with his weaker left foot, I think, and that made that was 2-0. So 
the the uh, first team player uh, managed to you know make a difference for the under twenty one side. Then thirty third minute, once again another first team player, Tudor Bielutsa. He did. I think he did really well um, actually in this moment. He intercepted a pass, um, did really well, and he passed it to Clayton, who once again he drove forward with the ball, um, passed it to Vanat, and. He squared it to Nadolski, uh, and that was 3-0. Um, so that was Vanat, Van I think, on one goal and two assists. So then 40, 41st minute, Tadeshvili uh, made a really good long ball over the top. Um, he was doing this a lot during this match, but... He passed it to Nadolski. Um, he received uh, he received it, uh, did well then, I think. Um, and he squared it to Vanad, who I think initially he faked a shot, um, but then he rounded the keeper and uh, made it 4-0. And yeah, so that was a that was a good half. Um, could have been more. I there were a few moments when um there were free kicks taken and they were saved, but the keeper literally smashed the ball right into the Dynamo players and they somehow didn't score from those um, from those chances. But Shabanov, Bielutsa and Clayton, they all came off um, for the second half. Um, you know, apparently that was enough for them. But, you know, just to go over how they did. So Shabanov, I think he won pretty much all of his duels. Um, he defended what he had to. Mariupol weren't really offering anything. And he even got um, forward a few times, um, which we're seeing Shabanov do quite a few times. Were there some overlaps? Uh, no, he was playing oh. as centre-back, but he, but he did uh, run down the left wing a few times. Oh, yeah. That's okay. That's, that, that's <laughs> acceptable. <laughs> it's always good fun to see Shabanov um, bombing forward. But... Bielutsa, he got booked. I think it was a pretty... I don't think that was a... I don't think he had to do that, but apart from that, he did well. He intercepted the ball for the third goal. Um, he dominated the midfield, but, you know, you've got to keep in mind that he had a pretty considerable physical advantage. Clayton, the last player that came off, uh, the last first-team player, uh, he got a goal, pretty active on the left wing, but I, I don't know, not... I've seen this a few times now in the under 21s, to be honest, plates and trying to do a lot, but not not a not too much of it is actually working. But you know, he did get a goal. I don't think he really cares too much. Um, so yeah, in the second half, 65th minute, Shulansky, um, you know, he's always he's always working hard. Um, this moment he nicked the ball off his opponent. Um he crossed the ball into the box. It wasn't a particularly good cross. Um, I think it missed pretty much everyone. Um, but Bilashevsky got on the end of it. It was literally right on the edge of the box. And he um, produced a good finish into the bottom corner uh, to make it 5-0. Um, in the 83rd minute, unfortunately, Vivcharenko, he kind of scuffed or miskicked his clearance in the box. Um, he tried to clear the ball from across and it basically really went like a like it went a, like a meter a meter further than it originally was so the Mariupol uh, striker managed to get that ball and 
um, and Don Bol had to intervene. Now, I'm not really sure what happened in this situation. I've watched it a few times, but the Mariupol player just managed that just managed to win a penalty by going down. I didn't, I didn't really see a foul there, but um, it was given as a penalty. Um, Border got a yellow card, and they managed to find. Um, they might manage to find the back of the net. Um, it was only really a penalty, but, you know, uh, sorry, only really a consolation, but, you know, um, it was, I, I guess they would, I guess Nishida, for example, would have been disappointed to not have kept a clean sheet. But yeah, that was it. Um, it was a good win. Could have been more, uh, like I said, shame to concede. Um, but, you know, we got the goal difference up. Um, we're still top of the league by four points. and think. Tomorrow there's um they have their next match. But yeah, that's how the under twenty ones did. Good win for the U twenty ones there. And real quickly before we end today's show, we're gonna have some viewer questions. Thank you to the uh people who asked some questions. Um if you wanna send us any questions, you could uh DM us on Twitter at Denamo Abroad or you could send us an email to uh Denamo abroad podcast at gmail.com uh starting with the first question uh slava ukraini 09 uh he asked about dragovic but we already covered dragovic uh real quickly eric uh the, sh- the question is will neshtenet or bushan be the long-term keeper what will happen to the other will they be on the bench or be sold Eric, uh, what do you think? Bush on the shed at long term. Uh, sorry, I missed that. The meeting just uh, kicked me out. Um, so this is, hang on one sec here. Sorry, I'm just getting reset up here. This was um, Slav Ukraini nine's question. Correct. That's right. Okay. Um, So while we're waiting for Eric, um, Diva, we'll just ask you the uh, second question first um, about from GS underscore 89. Uh, what's the deal with Clayton? What's the long-term uh, plan for Clayton? Dima, what do you think? Uh, yeah, first of all, I'm, I don't really know why we signed him. We have enough players on the left wing, but at the moment, um, he's not, he's not featured for the first team once. Um, He's played a few times, like like I've already said, for the under-21s. But Luchesco did actually explain this. And he said that he arrived at the uh, arrived at the club with and before before arriving, he wasn't really um playing at his previous club. So he needs to really get into a good a good condition before he actually starts featuring. And you know, with every training session, he does um improve physically. Um you know his sharpness goes up, but at the moment he's he's still um he's still not at the level um you know required to actually play um you know play regularly and start games. But the long term plan with him uh, is there you know, one? It's, it's, is there one that's the, that's uh, it's it's really difficult because like I said, I don't really know why. But like I remember he went 
on trial with us. And then it was reported that he wasn't actually deemed like they weren't actually impressed with him. So I thought that was the end of that. But we did end up signing him. But you never know. He's Brazilian. Um, Luchesco might well find a place in the team for him. But the the honest um, answer is I'm I'm not sure what his um, long term future at the club um, holds. I think we'll get more of an idea over the winter break now. Eric, uh, are you back? Can you hear me? Yeah, perfect. He's back. Okay. Uh, so the Shannon or Bushan, and what happens to the other? Um, I think Bushan, first choice keeper, Neshedet back up on the bench to answer it quickly. Um, I mean, I think that Neshedet, yeah, he had a huge match against uh, Barcelona, really great shot stopping abilities, but I mean, again, not to disparage him, but it was one match. I still think that Bouchon is who we're going to have um, long term for the first choice keeper. Um, you know, I don't know what plans, if at any, there are to look for um, to look at bringing in a new keeper potentially. But at this point, I see Bouchon as the long term first choice Um Neshedet is the second, and obviously Boyko, I don't, should be like an absolute emergency backup if there's injuries or, or something like that. Um, I, I also do want to mention real quick, so I actually just learned this um, the other day when I was doing some research about Clayton. So I didn't realize that we picked him up as a free agent. Um, he he wasn't he wasn't with a he was on loan from Atletico I, I don't know if I'm saying this right Minero um, to Vasco da Gama um, and he only made a few appearances and then his contract was mutually terminated by Atletico in in 2020 so it was a pretty low risk for us I'll give them that because again we picked him up on a free so the only uh, you know the only money going into this is the salary contribution but. I'm, I mean, his his contract expires next year, so I'm firmly expecting that we're going to let him go. Uh, I just want to add something real quick on the goalkeeper. Uh, I would not mind to see a little bit more of Vladislav Kucheruk, who is on the Ukraine U20 winning squad. Um, I don't know how much he really plays for Kolos, uh, but I would maybe rather, if you drop Boyko, maybe bring in Kucheruk as could be like that kind of second slash third choice. Uh, and our last question comes from Rich Paish. Uh, will Luchescu stay beyond the winter break? And what is Surkis's long-term plan managerial-wise? Um, I'll take this one. Uh, short answer, I think Luchescu will be here beyond the winter break. Um, I think if the Fed and Tvaros match would have gone a differently, if Dinamo would have lost, I think there would be some questions about that. Uh, what is Surkis's long-term plan managerial-wise? I'll tell you what, if anyone can predict what Surkis is going to do, let me know so you can maybe predict some lottery numbers for me because I, I don't – if you can, if you can manage – That's to, great. If, if you can somehow predict what Surkis is going to do, fair play to you. I mean, that is, that is some next-level critical thinking. Um, I mean, I don't know. I would like to see a young manager, maybe someone like a Nenad Yelitsa who was at uh, Dinamo Zagreb, or Viktor Goncharenko, who's currently at Ceska Moscow, the Belarusian, who is out of contract. Just going just gonna to whisper that to, uh, to Surkis, that Goncharenko is out of contract in the summer. So not a nod, wink, wink. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know what he's going to do. I th- maybe he's just put Luchescu. I mean, Luchescu's a good pick for now, maybe for a year or two, stable the ship, and then move on to maybe to a younger, more progressive manager, maybe like a Goncherenko, maybe like a Bielica. Uh, but we will see. Only time will tell. Um, 
thank you for all those who wrote in questions. And that is the end of our show as we prepare for the game against Coloss on Saturday. And uh, Dima, if our listeners want to uh, want to contact you to maybe uh, do some Kovalenko propaganda as usual, um, where 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 can they find you? Uh, no Kovalenko propaganda, please. But um, on Twitter, you can find me at nineteen twenty seven Dima. So that's D I M A and the number nineteen twenty seven right in front of it. Fun fact, I just saw that Kovalenko, or before we started recording, Kovalenko has made his 200th appearance for Shak- uh, Shakhtar. So there's some... There's some oh, wow. So there's that is, some, I'm very happy for him. That so, is great news. So if anyone wants to give more Kovalenko facts, 1927 Dima is where you do it. So uh, Eric, uh, if anyone wants to uh, get into contact with you, where can they find you? Sure. So Twitter handle is at Lebovich. That's L-E-B-O-V-I-C-H. And if you want to get into contact with me, your host, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Lyshik7, L-Y-S-Z-Y-K, and just the number seven, no capitals, no spaces. Or if you, and if you give the uh, Denamo Abroad podcast, Twitter a follow at Denamo Abroad. Or if you want to get into contact with us, you can find us on Gmail at DenamoAbroadPodcast at gmail.com. Well, from all of us at Denamo Abroad, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.